0: And welcome to the Days That Music Dad, right here on 89.5 WJMU, The Quad. I'm your host, Caleb. We have a very, very interesting and exciting show for today. Um, Cannot wait. Once again, you are listening to the Days That Music Dad right here on 89.5. We are at our new time, but same format as always, Thursdays at 2. Very excited to continue to be able to do this show every single week. And we're so grateful to to be here and, and for you all to be able to really embrace this incredible topic right? It's, it's such an interesting show being able to take the artists that were just legends in their craft, right? Musical geniuses at that that we lost far far too soon and a lot of them quite tragically as well and this artist for this week's show was definitely a tragic loss and one that really hurt especially, especially if you grew up or if you really listened to the 90s alternative rock era, if you listen to that, and you probably know this band if that's the case, then you really, really were hurt by the passing of the lead singer of this group. Now everyone's going to be saying, oh, Nirvana, it's Kurt Cobain. I have to tell you, uh, you're incorrect for this week's show. But before we get to there, don't forget to go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the days that music died. And go ahead and check out our podcast as well, which you can find on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any more of your lesser-known podcast apps. Now, for this week's artists, are Life in Twenty Eighteen is the year and of course with it being so recent and with us being in 2018 before we're not going to dive too headfirst into it but let's go ahead and put our time traveling or thinking caps back on and let's go briefly back in the time of 2018. Now 2018 lots of stuff are happening lots of stuff is happening as as it has for the past five six years so many things have happened in as of recent times um, Just a lot of stuff is happening especially after uh, the 2016 election. We have the immigration crisis that's occurring throughout politics. The Supreme Court battle with Judge Brett Kavanaugh, um, who is actually Trump's pick to replace. Uh, lots of stuff is going on throughout that. We have the midterm elections, which actually reshuffle Congress. Very important there. A united Korea. Um, the very ongoing conflict in Syria lots of different stuff in culture such as Meghan Markle the uh, famed actress joining the British royal family the Me Too movement actually saw finally some justice throughout this time um We had some retail icons become bankrupt, such as Sears and Toys R Us. Um, Facebook had a lot of woes throughout this time, dealing with a lot of legal troubles as well. We had mass shootings at high schools um, in Florida and Texas. We had different shootings throughout Pittsburgh and Southern California all this time and even in Washington DC as well all this time uh, happening throughout 2018 we have the super blue blood moon in 2018 I remember that that was pretty cool um, we had the mission to the Sun the NASA launched the 1.5 billion dollar Parker solar probe after that which is really interesting to hear wildfires ravaged California very very um, hardcore throughout 2018 we have news on climate change throughout this time, and how it was not going um, to look any better in the near future, and lots, lots of different stuff like that. Very important things throughout twenty eighteen that's happening. And another important thing is our this week's, you know, today's focus artist, and that is none other than Dolores O'Riordan of the, the Cranberries. Yes, one of, one of the greatest bands to come out of the 90s, the Cranberries. It's such an amazing band and, and I thought it was time to feature Dolores O'Riordan. And uh, I also just felt like it would be great because March is Women's History Month in the United States. Um, and, and so I, I every every week, Every show this month, we will be featuring uh, an an individual who does uh, identify as a woman, and we will be uh, focusing on them. And so Dolores O'Riordan is one that uh, most definitely deserved a feature on this show, and, and I'm very grateful to be able to do so. And let's go ahead and get into it. Dolores Mary Ellen O'Riordan was born on September 6, 1971, in Ballybricken, County Limerick, the youngest of nine children. Her father, Terence Patrick O'Riordan, worked as a farm laborer until a motorbike accident in 1968 left him brain damage. Her mother, Eileen, was actually a school caterer, and she, uh, O'Riordan was raised in a devout Roman Catholic family and was named by her mother in reference to the Lady of the Seven Dolores. O'Riordan was singing before she could even talk. When she was five years of age, the principal of her school took her into the sixth uh, grade class and sat her on the teacher's desk and told her to sing for the 12-year-old students in the class. She started with traditional Irish music and playing the Irish tin whistle when she went to school. When she was seven years old, her sister accidentally burned the house down, and the rural community was able to raise funds to purchase the family a new homestead. Her formative experiences uh, were as a liturgical soloist in the choir and local church, and as a singer at school. From the age of eight, she was sexually abused for four years by a person whom she trusted. At the age of ten, she would sing in local pubs where her uncles took her. O'Riordan actually uh, attended Laurel Hill uh, FCJ School in Limerick, and school principal um, said in the Limerick Post about O'Riordan's first day at Laurel Hill at the age of 12 that she stood stood up in front of classmates and announced, my name is Dolores O'Riordan, and I'm going to be a rock star. Then she stood on her chair and she sang uh, triangles. Uh, She played the spoons and the Bodron and then started playing the piano at age 12. She took piano lessons and even achieved grade 4 in practical and grade 8 in theory. She would spend eight years with classical piano and would play the harmonium in her church for 10 years. She sat every day at the piano uh, in the main hall to play. Then her classmates sat around her after having lunch to listen to her sing. At age 17, she learned to play the guitar and performed a solo gig in Laurel Hill Secondary School, and she described having a strict daily routine through her teenage years that consisted of going to piano lessons, going to church, and even doing homework. She later admitted that she had neglected her school lessons in favor of writing music and songs, although at school she became head girl. During her six years at Laurel Hill, O'Riordan won the song contest almost every year at several local events, and culminating in national singing competitions as well. Uh, In the end, she actually won 20 of these medals. Around this time, Arardin uh, divided the rest of her schedule between assisting her mother, learning the accordion from her dad, and part-time employment at clothing shops. Her mother, whom she adored, encouraged her to consider becoming a nun or get a college degree and become a music teacher. Instead, she ran away from home at 18 and and lived a couple of years with her boyfriend. In an interview with Fox Magazine, O'Riordan clarified her reasons for leaving home, saying, At age 18, I left home because I wanted to sing. My parents wanted me to go to college and things like that. I was really poor for a year and a half. I remember actually being hungry, like I'd die for a bag of chips. That's when I joined the Cranberries. Segue, perfect segue, right <laughs> into the formation of the Cranberries, the early success and the stardom throughout the years of 1989 to 2003. Very big span here. In 1989, brothers Mike and Noel Hogan formed the Cranberry Saw US with uh, Cranberry Saw Us with drummer Fergal Lawler and singer Niall Quinn in Limerick, Ireland. Less than a year later, Quinn actually loved the band. He then told the remaining members that his girlfriend knew a girl who was looking for a band playing original material. In mid-1990, on a Sunday afternoon, Riordan and Quinn came up at the band's rehearsal room, and Noel Hogan uh, later recalled that Niall came up with Dolores on that Sunday, and remember, she was shy, very soft-spoken. Not the Dolores that everyone actually grew to know. Uh, to know, and she comes in. we was just kind of, kind of with a gang of young guys sitting around the place, and it must have been very intimidating for her, is what he's saying. And so Riordan actually sang a couple of songs that she had written herself, and she also did a Sinead O'Connor song titled "Troy." The band was impressed and gave her a cassette with instrumentals, asking her if she could work on it. When she returned with a rough version of "Linger," she was hired. Hogan told Rolling Stone that the minute she sang, you know it was like your jaw drops at her voice. Dolores was musically far superior to me because she had been doing it all her life. O'Riordan was still a student at Laurel Hill Secondary School when she first joined the band, and at that time she had actually had her sights on the musical life and her desire to be in a band with no barriers, where I could write my own songs. She actually was later on claimed to say in 1995, and academics did not hold much interest for her, although her grades were actually quite good in school. Um, O'Riordan left school without any qualifications. The Cranberries' recorded demo tapes included Nothing Left at All, a three-track EP released on tape by local record label Xeric Records, which actually sold 300 copies. The owner of Xeric Studios, Pierce Gilmore, became their manager and provided the group with studio time to complete another demo tape, which he produced. It featured early versions of Linger and Dreams, which were sent to record companies in the UK. This demo gained attention from both the UK press and record industry, and sparked a bidding war between record labels eventually the group signed with island records this this actually resulted in the group changing their name to the cranberries and releasing a four track ep titled uncertain before the recording of the debut album every, everybody else is doing it so why can't we didn't ex- experienced difficult touring conditions with low income sleeping on people's floors and in cramped fans across ireland and the uk Furthermore, she had to overcome her shyness at the time during the early live performances with the Cranberries, singing with her back to the audience. Lawler actually recalled, we just went up and we had six songs. Dolores was turned to the side. Noel, Mike, and I had our heads down. They were all nervous. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to expect. It was new for them, right? And so, Ariarden had actually rapidly been gaining international attention after the release of the Cranberries' first album. Um, it contained, this album contained the group's most successful singles, such as Dreams and Linger, which charted at number 8 on the Billboard Hot 100 when she was only 22 crazy. O'Riordan had been recognized as a style icon in sporting a pixie cut or bust hair in the 1990s and performing barefoot, saying it just feels comfortable and honest to pull your toes along the ground. In September 1994, the Cranberries released Zombie, the lead single of the follow-up album No Need to Argue. The song reached number one of Triple J's Hottest 100, which was the first time ever that a female-led band had topped the Australia's biggest song poll. She actually stood alone in the Countdown's history for 16 years. Absolutely amazing, right? She reached her commercial peak with no need to argue the top-selling album worldwide in the first semester of 1995 and the world's best-selling album of the year by a European artist. The album produced the songs Ode to My Family, I Can't Be With You, and Ridiculous Thoughts. And even the group's biggest international hit, Zombie, which topped singles charts in several countries. Dan Weiss of Billboard stated that the song Zombie could crush an entire room with the combined largesse of O'Riordan's ocean-swallowing voice. Perfect way to describe it, right? Wow. Her, voice, her vocals, you and you'll hear her soon if you haven't heard her before, it is absolutely amazing. And by this time, within the release of the first two albums of the Cranberries, with accompanying tours, O'Riordan had achieved both success and celebrity status. After attending a concert, Uh, Of the Cranberries at London's Royal Albert Hall in January 1995, author Alec Foge compared O'Riordan as part Audrey Hepburn and part David Bowie. On September 12, 1995, O'Riordan performed Ave Maria along with Pavarotti in his Pavarotti and Friends series of benefit concerts entitled Together for the Children of Bosnia. Princess, Di- Princess Diana, who attended the live performance, actually told her that the song brought her to tears. During the show, O'Riordan performed Linger as a duet with Simon Le Bon of Duran Duran. The third album to the Faithful Departed debuted at number 2 in, in the UK and number 4 in the US with the singles Free to Decide, When You're Gone, and Hollywood. It also featured the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks number 1 single Salvation, and halfway through the Free to, to Decide World Tour 1996 to 1997, promoting to the Faithful Departed, Rardin and the Cranberries actually canceled the remaining dates announcing that they would take time off in 1997. While the group claimed that exhaustion was the result of an extensive touring schedule, pressure from managers and press intrusion, suspicions and rumors from the press indicated O'Riordan's health was deteriorated. Um, O'Riordan publicly told different. Papers that I was very depressed, and I was extremely anorexic on that record, and as it came out, I got progressively worse. Redden was the one who made the decision to take a break. Although their management and record company went mental, the rest of the group supported her. Stephen Street later said that perhaps she could have tempered her behavior and been more measured, but that just wasn't her way. With the Cranberries, uh, she released Bury the Hatchet, which showcased the maturity of the group's sound. Uh, The album peaked at number one on both the Canadian Albums Chart and on the European Top 100 albums, but did not match the commercial success of the group's first two albums. And really no record after that for them did, but they still had some success. Uh, The world tour has been her biggest ever, which started in April 1999 and lasted until July 2000. Barry the Hatchet was quickly followed by her fifth effort with a group Wake Up and Smell the Coffee, released on October 22, 2001. In June 2003, O'Riordan met ACDC singer Brian Johnson when the Cranberries were playing concerts with ACDC and the Rolling Stones on the latest leg of the Licks World Tour, and they considered the idea of working together throughout this time. In mid-July 2003, the two friends started collaborating on material for a project that should have been the rock opera version of Helen of Troy. Um, but Johnson said he's been working on it for about seven years and that the musical to which O'Riordan would lend her voice was expected to feature many artists. The $1.2 million production was initially to debut in March 03 at a performing arts hall in Florida. However, despite the pronouncement, the project was adjourned and Johnson expected it to be completed in late 2003 so that it could be played in London. However, in 2003, the band decided to take a temporary timeout to experiment with solo projects. So, throughout this time, the Cranberries decide to experience, experiment and experience solo projects. They're realizing that everyone's kind of leaning towards doing other things including Dolores, and then throughout 2003-2009, she has solo career and lots of other projects that she's doing. And we'll talk about that in the next break. But let's go ahead and get into the music, great stuff up on the docket for our show for the Days That Music Died. Once again, you're listening to the Days That Music Died, hosted by Caleb, yours truly, on 89.5 WJMU The Quad. Here's When You're Gone by The Cranberries. Quad. I'm your host Caleb, and we are here for our today's focus. Again, none other than Dolores O'Riordan. That was owed to my family by the Cranberries, a very, very infamous band throughout the '90s in the alt rock scene. If you know of that era of music, then you most definitely know the Cranberries. Um, And I have to say, while listening to this music, it makes me want to continue to listen to it, but also makes me kind of want cranberries, not going to (laughs) lie. Anyways, uh, great music there, Ode to My Family, Animal Instinct, When You're Gone, and more. Uh, Today's focus throughout the years 2003 to 2009, Solo career and other projects we'll be discussing right here about Dolores O'Riordan. O'Riordan actually stated she had become a prisoner of her own celebrity and did not find a balance in her life. In The Independent, O'Riordan said she needed time not only to focus on her family and health, but also on her solo career. She enjoyed being treated like any other any ordinary person, living in Canada, and then became a volunteer at her children's school throughout this time. In 03, O'Riordan recruited Canadian music producer Dan Broadbeck and musicians to develop new compositions for her solo project. Among them was... Dr- was drummer Graham Hopkins, who Mariarden said she loved for his energy. Also included bassist Marco Mendoza, who had been a longtime friend with O'Riordan, and her husband. Uh, while Mendoza's father was a good friend of O'Riordan's father-in-law, as well as Steve DiMarici De- as the main guitarist, who, li- who used to do live sessions with the Cranberries, along with his brother Denny, uh, who played keyboards and guitars for the band in the early 2000s. Broadbeck stated that their hiring was 100% based on personalities, clicking, and musical taste. In 2004, O'Riordan worked with composer Angelo Badalamenti of Twin Peaks fame on the Evelinco soundtrack, providing vocals on several tracks including Angels Go to Heaven, the film's theme song. In 2005, she appeared on the Jam and Spoon's album Triplomatic Fairy Tales 3003 as a guest vocalist on the track Mirror Lover. On December 3, 2005, O'Riordan made her third appearance on the Vatican's annual Christmas concert, where she performed "Wars Over, Linger, and Odeste. Fidelis in duet with Italian tenor Gianluca Terranova. In April 2006, and signed a contract with Chula Management based in Sherman Oaks, California. Prematurely before the release of her first solo album, the former Trent Reznor mentor, Tony Chula, became her manager. In December 06, Sanctuary Records signed Arroydon for a solo record deal of the recently signed artist. Julian Wall of Sanctuary Records actually noted that Dolores comes with us too with an immense international CV. The music video, Video For Ordinary Day, a song that you'll hear on this show today as well, directed by Caswell Coggins, was filmed in Prague in February 2007. Are You Listening? was released in May 2007. The album entered and peaked at number 23 on the Billboard Top Rock Albums ranking and number 77 on the Billboard 200. Ordinary Day was its first single, released in late April, and was produced by Brit Awards winner Martin Youth Glover, whose previous credits included The Verve, Primal Scream, U2, and Paul McCartney. Cole O'Hare of Hot Press. O- averred that uh, Arardin could have chosen to exploit the underlying sonorities of the Cranberries on Are You Listening to keep her devotees waiting until the reunion. But instead, she's done something far more ambitious by releasing this multi-layered collection of songs that traverses styles and genres. At the time, the couple split their time between Dublin and her husband's native Canada, surrounded by bears, wolves, and all that great outdoor stuff, said Arardin. Arardin performed a mini-televised live performances in 07 in support of that record and traveled to other to, uh, to over 22 countries in Europe, North America, and even South America on the 2007 World Tour. On November 19, November 2007, she canceled the remainder of her European tour uh, due to illness. In 08, Arardin won an EBO award, which every year the European Border Breakers Awards recognizes the success of 10 emerging artists or groups who reached audiences outside their own countries, with their first internationally re- released album in the past year. In January 2009, the University F- Philosophical Society invited the Cranberries to reunite for a concert celebrating O'Riordan's appointment as an honorary member of the Society, which led the band members to consider reuniting for a tour and a recording session. Of the event, embracing her performance with the Cranberries, O'Riordan stated that the minute we started playing, it felt like we'd never stop, pointing out that it's a chemistry, it just She released her second album, No Baggage, featuring 11 tracks in August 09, And O'Reilly said of No Baggage, I probably haven't worn my heart on my sleeve like this since the second album, No Need to Argue. Nevertheless, No Baggage was poorly received by music critics compared to Are You Listening? And neither album replicated the success of The Cranberries. Very important stuff happening throughout this time, uh, throughout 03 to 09 and into this uh, and then to this, we move into 2009 to 2013 with his comeback and even Rose's as well. And so on August 25th, 2009, while promoting her solo album No Baggage in New York City on 101.9 P, uh, RxP Radio, O'Riordan announced a Cranberry's Reunion World Tour of 107 concerts. Following the statement, O'Riordan reported that she deplored the absence of the band before making the decision to tour again. Sing of Lawler and the two Hogan brothers that they're a big part of my heart and soul. The Cranberries were formed and the tour began in North America in mid-November followed by South America in mid-January 2010 and Europe in March 2010. The band played songs from O'Riordan's solo albums, many of the Cranberries classics as well as new songs. In 2010, uh, O'Riordan told Billboard Magazine that playing with Fergal Lawler, Noel, and Mike Hogan worked better dynamically with her voice. By 2010, however, O'Riordan suffered from vocal cord nodules which caused her doctor to prescribe six weeks of inability to perform. Consequently, of course, the concert dates were canceled and postponed, but the recurring problem persisted until 2012. At this point in her career, to keep up with her bookings, negotiations, and finances, Arroydon began to be managed by Danny Goldberg, former Kurt Cobain and Nirvana manager. She celebrated the reunion by touring with the Cranberries across Asia in July 2011, where the crowd was impressed with her wide vocal range and strong vocal control. During the six years of their hiatus, Aroydon and Noel Hogan occasionally shared ideas. In 2011, they recorded their sixth album, Roses, with longtime producer Stephen Street, released in February 2012. On March 2012, the Cranberries canceled nine minutes before the show at the Inmore Theatre in Sydney. Arroydon suffered from food poisoning and was unable to perform. When she recovered, the Roses tour resumed two days later, and the canceled show was rescheduled for March 26. In May 2012, the final two concerts of the North American tour had actually to be postponed for a then-undisclosed reason, which was later said to involve from hectic touring uh, schedule. This caused some uncertainty about the upcoming European leg of the tour. For the second leg of the tour, uh, Arardin hired a touring backing vocalist. uh, Mm -hmm. During anterior tours, backup vocals were were performed by the band's backup guitarist, Steve DeMarchi. In November 2012, the extent to which her father's 2011 death was affecting Arardin was made public when she admitted in Le Le Telegram that she was unable to perform. Ode to my family, throughout the 32 shows of the second leg, um, where she said, I hope to be able to sing it back one day, but for now, it's just too soon. Throughout 23, 2013 to 2018, we have The Voice of Ireland and something else. O'Riordan replaced Sharon Kaur as one of the mentors on RTE's The Voice of Ireland during the 2013 to 14 season, and she even reached a final of the competition with her act Kelly Lewis, who finished in second place. In October 2013, 2013, her and Marco Mendoza reconvened their partnership and were working on the songs for her announced third solo album rescheduled uh, scheduled for 2014 and presumably some film possibilities as well. In mid January 2014, between shoots for The Voice, Arardin stated that she had written 15 songs for a new solo album and she planned to go to Los Angeles in order to elaborate the start of the record. In April 2014, disillusioned by her experiences in the music industry. She told Barry Egan that the record business made her extraordinarily wealthy but sucked the blood out of her like a particularly ferocious vampire and in mid-July 2014 she had announced that she would not return to The Voice for a second season due to her health condition affected by flights from Dublin to Canada during 7 weeks of filming. In April 2014, she began recording new material with Jetlag, a collaboration between Andy Rourke of the Smiths and Ole Koretsky, a DJ and producer based in New York. They then formed a trio under the name Dark. Their first album, Science Agrees, was released in September 2016. In late April 2017, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the band, the Cranberries released a new studio album titled Something Else. Featuring acoustic versions of their greatest hits and backed by the Air Irish Chamber Orchestra, These three new songs appear on this album, why and the Glory, the last song written by O'Riordan and Noel Hogan in their songwriting partnership. The album was well received by critics. Reviewers have praised the return of one of Ireland's finest songs, Smith's, and reacted favorably to the, orca, to the orchestral and acoustic reimagining. Music critic Karen Gui has described O'Riordan's voice more measured, more labile, and rich with maturity whilst the thinness of her voice dilutes the anxious energy of Animal Instinct, one of the album's tracks. In May 2017, the band started the world tour's acoustic concerts with a string quartet. Most of the time, Marauden sang seated on a stool. After 11 shows, she was said to be in excruciating pain, and the Cranberries published on social media the cancellation of the sold-out tour in Europe and North America, stating that Dolores' back problem was in the mid to upper area of her spine, and uh, different movements associated with breathing and singing As actually uh, created more pain. During her rest, O'Riordan had been planning a new album of the Cranberries and had written and recorded demo versions in her final years. Her last public performance was on December 14th, 2017 in New York City when she sang three Cranberry songs at Billboard's Christmas Party. In late 2017, she confirmed her appearance at Billboard's private event which led devotees to believe she would soon start performing again. And in the next break, we'll talk about her tragic day, Dolores O'Riordan, that is, and just the incredible, incredible artistry that she had. But first, let's go and get back into the music. Here's Dreaming My Dreams. Dreaming My Dreams. That's a lot harder to say. Uh, Live by the Cranberries. And that was Dreams by the Cranberries. Great stuff right there. Right before that, we had Ordinary Day by Dolores O'Riordan herself. And Dreaming My Dreams live. Uh, Great, great tune right there. Some good stuff. And uh, once again, you are listening to The Days That Music Died right here on 89.5 WJMU The Quad. I'm your host, Caleb. And as we start to round out our show, let's briefly talk about artistry for Dolores Ryden and and before we get into our tragic day of today's focus. Her songwriting and musicianship... um, She actually noted herself in Ultimate Guitar on her writing process. Lyrics are very important for me to make sure that I'm portraying whatever it is I need to portray. So I sit there, but the funny thing is they've come to me anywhere. Oh, I haven't got to... I I have to go get a pen real quick is what she would say uh, a lot. And In the middle of the night when you're trying to go to sleep and, and they're going around in your head, your words and you just get up and go out and you have to write them down. And Arardin was easily bored and couldn't rest for a week. Uh, Hogan actually described Arardon's routine working on her songs late at night or overnight. Her emails were like text messages, 15 of them, but they're all like two lines at 2 o'clock in the morning. Arardon wrote songs about themes that have evolved over the course of her career. Her experience taught her to never feel inhibited and always make an effort to try other things artistically. She actually stated in The Independent that she wrote about what is, going, what is getting uh, to her at the time. She said that writing literally lyrics was, about the things you need to talk about. I write to get my emotions out. It's quite self-therapeutic. Moore, owner of Metalworks Studios, described O'Riordan's mercurial style, um, stating, upon listening to her work when composing on piano and vocals, in addition to her musical style, Moore referred to O'Riordan as a God-given talent. It was so quick. Moore later stated, she was the quintessential signature style artist, a very free spirit. She was the Antithesis of a form of a formula formula writer, and she just went her own way. For her voice, O'Riordan was actually a mezzo-soprano with a vocal range from B2 to C6. She did not sing much in the fifth octave, but rather in a range of vocal comfort. Familiar to the 90s alternative rock vocal belting, but was always devoted to her love of falsetto. Her voice was rather light without applying an uncomfortable weight, and she characteristically deployed a soft projection when she sang the lowest notes. Her signature singing style integrated a wide range of elements, such as the lifting voice. Mournful mournful keening, uh, glottal ornamentation, and and a distinctive attack on syllables. Michaela Wood of Los Angeles Times commented she had a high, airy tone that could turn ferocious without warning. Uh, She emphasized its breaks and curls, decorating the catchy melodies she wrote with florid vocal runs inherited from Celtic tradition. She was also renowned for her yodeling techniques, embracing the sharp break of her voice, such as you just heard in the past song, Dreams. She had never compromised her strong Irish accent, even when she was criticized for it. Uh, very important here. Um, and so Dan Weiss of Stereo Gum actually praised Origen's vocal ability, commenting she knew she could multiply her phrases in harmony and clever oral sculpting, which turned relatively simple and round chord progressions like Ode to My Family into complex waterfalls, waterfalls of vocalization and yet the jangling folk guitars buffering them were clearly armored by capital r rock i love that right i love that and it's so good it's such a great description describing exactly what we're hearing exactly what is going on for a and the cranberries and so this leads us to our tragic day In January 2018, O'Riordan traveled from New York City, where she lived, to London to work with Martin Youth Glover on her side project Dark and to meet representatives of the BMG record label about a new album of The Cranberries. O'Riordan arrived at the London Hilton on Park Lane Hotel in Mayfair on January 14th. At 2 a.m. on January 15th, 2018, O'Riordan had a phone call with her her mother. Later that morning, she was found unresponsive in the bathroom and was pronounced dead at 9.16 a.m. The cause of death was not immediately made public until an inquest at Westminster Coroner's Court held on September 6, which ruled that she died as a result of accidental drowning in a bath following sedation by alcohol intoxication. Empty bottles were found in O'Riordan's room, five miniature bottles and a champagne bottle, as well as some prescription drugs. Toxicology tests showed that her body contained only therapeutic amounts of these medications, but 330 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood, uh, in a blood alcohol content of 0.33%. And alas, here we are in extraordinary career, extraordinary life that Dolores O'Riordan lived. Uh, amazing things what she was able to do, her talent, her skills, just impeccable, right? And uh, unfortunately, we lost her on January 15th, 2018, far, far too soon, um, truly tragic at that. And so when we come back, we'll briefly talk about what could have been for Dolores O'Riordan and the Cranberries. Our continuation of tunes continues, though. Here is Zombie by the Cranberries, and I hope you all enjoy. And welcome back to the Days That Music Dad, right here on 89.5 WJMU The Quad. I'm your host, Caleb, and that was Zombie by the Cranberries. We have one more tune, but what could have been for our featured artist for this week's show, Dolores O'Riordan? Well, I mean, she would have done exactly what she was hoping to do, and that is uh, collaborate more, work with. Um, different artists such as Martin Youth Glover on her side project Dark she would have continued to record albums with the Cranberries she would have toured when she could have she would have continued to to be with her family um, she would have done everything she would have done more things too I honestly do believe that I, I could have seen her maybe writing like a book or something about her life just doing all kinds of things she would have continued to be a staple to women in rock and roll and she would have just done amazing things uh, even more so than what she did and uh, just just a true, true brilliant musical genius and soul that we lost in this life far far too soon on January 15th 2018 don't forget to listen to The Days at Music Died every Thursday at 2 o'clock. You can catch us next week right here as we continue celebrating Women's History Month where every week our featured artist will be someone, an individual who does identify as a woman and we'll be featuring them, uh, artists that we have lost far, far too soon. Um, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Days That Music Died and check out our podcast on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Once again, we have one more tune. Thank you as always for tuning into The Days That Music Died right here on 89.5 i'm your host caleb it's a pleasure as always it's such a joy i love me some cranberries great stuff here it's it's been such a such a thrilling hour to be able to sit here and and uh, listen to the incredible genius that dolores o'riordan was herself but we'll catch you next week here's linger and i hope you all enjoy